Hey friend, and welcome back to the Vision Driven Health Podcast. One of the big reasons why I'm doing this podcast is because I truly believe that each of you has an incredible purpose that God, that you already create an impact in your community. And I want you to be able to be and do all that God's called you to do without physical hindrance. And also, I know if you are a believer that it's, we want Jesus to be in everything. We want to follow him. We want our whole life to be in his hands. And I think it's just part of our culture, even church culture, that what we eat, exercise, health, physical well-being isn't something that we integrate with our faith unless we need prayer for some sort of really challenging health circumstance. But we don't think that to partner with God in making healthy choices or creating lasting habits. And so today I really wanted to help identify some of those relationships with food that are not serving you, that are keeping you from experiencing physical health, but also could help reveal where Jesus is wanting to bring healing and restoration in your life. And I'm really excited for what God will bring to the surface for you as you listen. And I just invite you to invite the Holy Spirit to just kind of prompt where those places in your heart are that he wants, he wants to go inside. He wants to really bring about again, that, that healing, that restoration, and for you to experience him in a completely new way. I think that's one of the coolest things that I've seen in partnering with God in my health and working with clients is we get to experience God in a way we wouldn't have otherwise thought to. And we get to learn a new part of him and ourselves and ultimately increase our, our love for him, our intimacy with him and our freedom with him. So without further ado, I'm really excited for this episode and I hope it blesses you and I'll go ahead and let you check it out. Do you find yourself struggling to consistently implement healthy habits? Do you lack energy, confidence, and motivation because of stress, overwhelm, and shame for having not gotten it together by now? Friend, there is hope and grace for your health. Hey, I'm Robin Ryan McDonald, host of the Vision Driven Health Podcast. I'm a follower of Jesus, a wife, a mama of two, and a seminarian turned health coach. And I'm so excited that you're here. I found myself in my early 20s captive to cravings and convenience, 20 pounds heavier, super tired, with a face full of acne. I could not figure out how to maintain healthy habits until I discovered the power of aligning my choices with God's vision. 10 years and two kids later, by the grace of God, I'm still prioritizing my health and feeling amazing. If you are over quick fixes and are ready to feel good in your own skin, then grab a giant water bottle and let's dive on in. I was just talking with a friend recently about how eating, pursuing health, and our relationship with food is one of the best ways to discover where it is that God needs to work in our hearts. And it's such a huge aspect of our life that usually doesn't get associated with our faith. We don't usually think to pair what we're choosing to eat or whether or not we decide to go to the gym with our relationship with Jesus. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to share a few kinds of relationships with food that 
I think you may end up resonating with. And then I'm going to share some thoughts on what it looks like to transform these relationships through your relationship with Jesus. So the first one that I often see is the relationship with food, where food is just a means to an end. And you find yourself in these different diets and programs or cleanses where you are eating very restrictively in order to achieve a certain weight loss goal. And what happens there is you're in such a restrictive place that you're, you kind of think of it as like, I just got to do this long enough to get to whatever that goal weight is. And you find yourself maybe falling into some binging, or maybe you just can't wait until that next quote unquote cheat day or treat day. It just feels like you're doing this right now. It's a temporary thing in order to, again, to achieve that ultimate goal. That one I think is pretty common where food, this relationship with food is a means to an end. The other one is the relationship with food of food being comfort. Everything else in your life maybe is feeling stressful or challenging and hard. And that fried chicken sandwich or a California burrito for all my people who are in different countries or maybe even different states, the United States, if you're not familiar with the California burrito, I can tell you right now that was a comfort food of choice for me. It is a, it is carne asada, which is beef and guacamole, cheese, and sometimes salsa and French fries wrapped in a tortilla. It is amazing. (laughs) And it works really well when you need some extra comfort. And so those kinds of foods, whether it is for you, like I said, for me, it was the California burrito. Maybe it's a fried chicken sandwich. Maybe it's something through the drive-thru. You know what that thing is. And sometimes it almost feels like you deserve to eat that because of what you're going through, because it's so stressful and because it's so hard. You're like, man, I deserve to eat this thing. So that's the second relationship with food I wanted to highlight. The next one is actually where food is this thing that you use for celebration, which isn't like in and of itself a negative thing. And sometimes, you know, unhealthy eating, it's not a result of negative experiences, but rather it's kind of like your happy food. And because you're feeling so good, you want to celebrate it with ice cream or something else that feels appropriately festive. (laughs) And that might come from, you know, maybe being a little kid and you got a good report card and your parents are like, okay, like everybody in the car, we're going to go get ice cream, which again, I'm not, I don't think that's a bad thing by any means. It just has maybe gotten to the point where you're consistently in a happy state and maybe you feel like you need to match that happiness through food celebration in a way that has gotten to an unhealthy point. I've heard this dynamic. I'd be curious to know if anybody else has heard this where There's, you know, a couple who maybe they're engaged and most of us leading up to the wedding, we're trying to eat super clean. We're working out for the big day. You want to look amazing. And the couple, they get married. And then afterwards, it's kind of like all bets are are off. They're feeling real loose. And then they kind of have, they start to gain weight because they're not, you know, putting in all this effort for the big wedding day. And I've heard people say that that first initial five, 10, 15 pounds in the first like year or two after marriage is called your happy weight, which again, I've heard that's a thing. I don't know if uh, those of you who are listening have experienced that or not, but again, it comes down to this concept of that relationship with food being a means of celebration. Next one is food. Uh, the relationship with food is something that you have when you're bored. So this is one that I'd fallen into in the past. 
or even sometimes currently when I'm avoiding doing something and I'm just kind of sitting there and it's like, ah, I really should do X, Y, Z. And it's like, ah, what can I eat right now? And I just start thinking of what's something that I can enjoy. And it's, it's almost kind of like that, a little bit of that comfort dynamic where it's like, I don't feel like doing this thing or this doesn't feel as good. I know what would feel good right now to eat a snack. And snacks have a way of increasing those feel good hormones that will, you know, give us that hit when we're feeling low. And so that's one, you know, relationship with food that many of us have had. Another one, and this one I, I see a lot with a few friends of mine where food, the relationship with food is food becomes an area to kind of do what you want. And that's because you find yourself always saying yes to other people. You find yourself, uh, basically kind of laying down your own desires for the sake of others. You're always giving, you're always serving. And so then when it comes to food, that feels like your place where you can just kind of get to do what feels good to you and what you want to do. And unfortunately, you know, that makes it really challenging to eat healthy consistently because you're looking, and again, that ties also back into that comfort one where you're looking for that comfort because, and you're looking for that control even because you're like, this is, this is my thing. No one can tell me what to eat. Like I'm going to do this. And that relationship with food can be toxic and challenging. The other one is this love hate relationship with food where food is kind of like food is my problem, but it's also my solution and what I always go to. And for some, you know, they call themselves a foodie food is what they love, but also it's what they hate because they feel like it's the very reason why they can't get to where they want to be with their health. And really, unfortunately, what happens there is the food doesn't end up being what's hated. Oftentimes, it's that person, it's yourself that ends up bearing the brunt of the hate for making the choices for that food, which actually leads to this last relationship with food I want to highlight, which is food being a source of shame. And I think especially for believers, there can be a higher propensity for shame in our health journeys. I think, you know, it comes from wanting to do things really well. Maybe there's some perfectionism there. And when we miss the mark, it just, you know, it hits hard and we just feel like, man, I really am not good enough. Or you think I'm just really weak willed, or you think you're lazy, or I've heard this a lot too, when, you know, someone maybe is going to go and they're reaching for that second slice of cake and they kind of look at everybody around. They're just like, ah, I'm going to be bad. I'm going to get this you know, extra thing here. Like, oh, I'm going to be bad. I'm going to order the carne asada fries. I guess I'm really feeling some carne asada right now. And, <laughs> um, and they'll use that phrase and they'll call it bad, which or they call themselves bad. And it almost creates this, even if it's in a joking way, or maybe even in a subconscious way, it creates this sin dynamic that is associated with food and your choices that really doesn't need to be there and really opens the door for shame in your relationship with food. Now, I imagine you resonate with at least one, if not several of these. And I made this list because I have heard all of these from multiple friends, family, and clients. And you are not alone in having that relationship with food. These are all actually, and maybe kind of unfortunately, quite common. But of course, just because something is common doesn't mean it needs to be the norm. Because for us as believers, we are not meant to be in bondage to anything. We aren't created for bad relationships, even with food. And at the end of the day, 
this relationship dynamic isn't so much a relationship issue with food as it is with yourself and with Jesus. Because your relationship with food is often a window into the areas of your heart that Jesus needs to heal, set free, and redeem. I'm going to say that line again for you. (laughs) Your relationship with food is often a window into the areas of your heart that Jesus needs to heal, set free, and redeem. And in each of these scenarios that I gave with these different food relationships, we usually end up missing the big picture. And don't get me wrong, food can surely be enjoyed. I I very much enjoy my food and it is something that I look forward to anytime I'm eating. And it is meant first to be nourishment for our bodies that we might have the energy and vitality to be and do what God has called us to do. In Genesis 1, which is you know the first chapter in the first book of the Bible, it was after God gave his first command to humanity where he says, be, you know, the command being be fruitful and multiply and steward the earth. And then the next thing he says is, and all of these plants will be your food, which I mean, we've heard the story so many times, maybe that doesn't stand out to you, but you know, God is laying out the, <laughs> the dynamics of, Hey, welcome to the world. And <laughs> one of the most important things he wants to share after saying, Hey, this is what I'm calling you to do. Go out there, be fruitful and multiply is This is what you eat. This is what I've given you to eat. And then we see in Genesis 9, after the flood, which is kind of, you know, this reset to the world, God then states his command again to be fruitful and multiply. And then he again affirms, this is what your food is. He says, I give you all of the animals and all of the plants for food, which again, I find interesting that it's almost like God is saying, hey, This is the fuel that you need to accomplish this thing that I am commanding and calling you to do. We see in Leviticus 11, which I'm sure all of you have done your Bible study devotionals on Leviticus. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Leviticus 11 is where the food laws are given. And these food laws, they might seem super outdated and strict. You know, this is where we get the kosher guidelines that practicing um, Orthodox Jews use to this day. And really those food laws are not just restrictive for no reason. They're not actually even meant to be religious practices. They're very practical. If you go in and read them, I'll, I'll need to do a whole episode on this in the future because there's so much to unpack there. And it's actually really cool and fascinating because when you break down the different verses and what God is telling his people to either eat or not eat, it is ensuring that they don't end up consuming foods that would lead to disease or that would cause them to be unhealthy and unable to be this group of people that God had called to bless the world, to bless the other nations. They were That's what Israel was meant to do. And if they did not follow those laws that he'd given in Leviticus 11, they could easily be wiped out by disease. I'll, I will, I'll do another, I'll do an episode on that in the future. So stay tuned for that. Um, but then lastly, And most importantly, we have the words of Jesus where he's actually using, and he does in multiple areas, but I'm highlighting this one verse where he uses food as a metaphor for what's most important. He says in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me will not be hungry. And the one who believes in me 
will never be thirsty. He, it's so cool. I love, there's so many different parallels and verses where Jesus is using food and drink. I mean, when we have, we have communion, Eucharist, right? Where Jesus is saying, this bread is my body broken for you. And this cup is my blood shed for you. And he understands the, the need we have to consume food and to drink water. And I guess also wine for communion. And he's, and to take something that is so tangible, to take something that is essential for life, he's using that to say, I am the bread of life. I am the one who sustains you. I am the one who gives you everything that enables you to be, period. And so we are, when we are positioned to consume food in a way that promotes the health and vitality in our body, that that comes down to consuming the person of Jesus, his love, his grace, his healing. I mean, if you think you have a gluttony problem, you might actually have a worry problem and you need to elevate your trust and your faith in Jesus. Food is what you're choosing to grab onto instead of taking hold of the hand of the one who saved you. Maybe you think that you can't say no to anyone or to food. And you're always people pleasing and you're always doing that. And food is where you get to do what you want and you just get to eat whatever. But really what's needed is submission to Jesus to direct you of when to say no and when to say yes and how to know your worth and value outside of having to please others so that you can make choices that are healthy and good, not only for your life and your relationships and your well-being, but also for your body. Jesus is our comfort, not food. It's in him that we rejoice and he is the one in whom we want to focus on. And so practically speaking to, to bring this home, if you've resonated with any of these food relationship challenges, I invite you to take some time and lay them before Jesus. It's literally whether you need to write, I like to journal, whether you open up your journal and write it out and just say, what are you feeling? What are those thoughts that you have about yourself? Maybe that you are weak-willed or that you're never going to be able to make consistent, healthy choices, or, you know, maybe even the things that you think about your body and the way you look. And maybe you feel shame that you're so focused on the way you look or the scale, or, you know, you recognize that the way you think or feel about food or your body or health isn't, isn't aligned with Jesus and what it could be. And you, you want to bring healing to that. You know, you want to, to acknowledge that. And the best you can do is just say, this is where I'm at. But when you lay it before him, that's when you're going to be able to take hold of him and to experience the freedom that Jesus has for you. So take that time, write it out, whatever it is, whatever questions you have for him, or even just declaring, I want to do this with you. I want to consume you first and foremost. I want to have your kingdom at the top of my mind and knowing my worth and value and what I'm called to do as the driver by which I make these choices for myself. And to ask him, you know, he is the one who knows you better than you know yourself, who has designed your body. Ask him, what's the root behind this relationship with food that I have? And, you know, then you can find out what's actually behind these eating patterns that need his healing that need his freedom and his redemption. And you'll want to take some time to identify those things this week because next week I'll be talking about freedom in Christ and in particular our health habits and having freedom on that with Jesus. I'll talk to you then. 
Okay, if you just listen to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I do see that I have these different relationships with food and I do want to get rid of that. And I do want to take hold of Jesus and his grace and be able to have everything I need in him. Then I highly recommend taking advantage of my free five day greens and grace experience. In this experience, I walk you through how to craft a vision of knowing your worth and value of seeing who God's called you to be, and then integrating your health as a means to that. And then also how to take hold of God's grace for transformation and continued healthy habits. There are also some simple habits that I have you do in that process that people do it and think that's it. But at the end of it, they end up experiencing weight loss, increased energy, And the biggest thing is they have a huge shift in perspective on how they view food and health and their journey. And it's something that I've really enjoyed bringing to others. And that's why I actually made it this evergreen PDF that I can offer to you. And all you need to do to get it is go to visiondrivenhealth.com forward slash greens experience, and you can access it for free. Thank you so much for listening to the Vision Driven Health Podcast today. I hope this episode inspired you, supported you, and blessed you in some way. And if it did, it would mean the world if you would leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode on your social media. The more reviews and shares this gets, the more people can be blessed and encouraged in creating a Jesus-centered, sustainable, healthy lifestyle. Be blessed with hope, joy, and health. I'll see you next week.